Hey, Matt, can you hear me? Hey, Matt, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. So, hello, everyone. Welcome to to the Wednesday edition of Woos and Loro Sports Pod Sports Center with Loro and Matt. So, today, we got a lot to talk about. We got the Dodgers. We got a victory to celebrate with the Dodgers beating their Tampa Bay Rays in six. We got NFL stuff to talk about as the L.A. Rams beat the Chicago uh, Bears. We'll talk about that game and also some question marks about the Patriots. Two and four starts. We'll have to talk about that and get our thoughts on that as well. More L.A. Kings, NHL offseason stuff, and also the L.A. Galaxy looking to looking to save their season, but it's, but it's too late, but just looking to just get a win here, or maybe could they be some changes coming their way after their season is complete? So, Matt, how's it going? It's going well over here. I'm on cloud nine about celebrating uh, the Dodgers World Series win yesterday. What a great game that was. Fantastic game. But there's a lot. You know, you told me this last night before we went on air. Kevin Cash has been the headline on social media today because if you look at it, Kevin Cash has got has gotten criticism from from the media because because he pulled Blake Snell out in the sixth inning that he could have gone at least six or seven innings. But the Rays are just a team that is just relying on analytics and in their bullpen and not really giving their rotation a rest. Yeah, I think um, I think you put it really really well over there, uh, Loro. Good synopsis and summary of that and. I think, <laughs> excuse me, I think that, uh, you know, with a guy like Blake Snell, who won the he was Cy Young in 2018, who is having an incredible night, um, yeah, he let, he let the lead off, uh, he let, he let the, the batter on, uh, there's Austin Barnes, if I remember correctly, and then he was going to face Mookie Betts for the third time, and... I guess Kevin Cash didn't want him to face Mookie Betts for a third time, but you had already struck out the guy twice. You know, um, you got, I think you got to keep your ace in there. And when he got pulled, when Blake Snell got pulled, he shouted uh, an expletive, basically, and that he did not think that he should have been pulled in that situation. It goes to show you that the 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 manager Kevin Cash did not have buy-in from his pitcher, maybe the team in terms of the strategy that they were going with. And, you know, it's, it's game. It's an elimination game of the world series. Like you gotta, like, no one's going to blame you for keeping your, your ACE on the mound, you know, in a must win situation, you know, like who else are they going to bring in from the bullpen, you know, and they tried bringing in um, Anderson and he coughed up the lead. So tough loss for the Rays for sure. But, you know, the Rays also only scored one run, so, you know. Their it's... offense just wasn't awake, and I feel like that this Rays team is going to be a great baseball team for quite a long time. Right, I think so, too. So, basically, we'll Who's talk about Who's your favorite player on the Rays? Oh, I like Austin Meadows. I like Tyler Glass now. Blake Snell, for, of course. But I also like – I think Ozarena is good, but really, I just like their entire pitching staff. Their pitching staff has been great, and I think – the Rays know how to use their pitching staff, so their pitching is going to be the key for why the Rays are going to be in the thick of things in the AL East for quite some time. Yep. So, 
Basically, we're going to talk about some Dodgers offseason stuff later on our show to talk about who stays and who goes. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But on to the NFL. So we have some stuff to talk about here. At the Seattle Seahawks made a trade with the Cincinnati Bengals to get Carlos Dunlop in exchange for B.J. Finney in a seventh-round pick. So, man, do the Seahawks need it a guy like Carlos Dunlap to kind of bolster their defensive line. Although, you know, they have Bruce Irvin and Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright that anchor that defense, but that's a, but Carlos Dunlap really reinforces things when it comes to pass rushing. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that for the Seattle Seahawks going for Carlos Dunlap? Does this really help them in the area of, of a pass rusher? Cause I was told that they don't have any pass rushers or run stoppers. Yeah, and you know, for the Seahawks, they uh, their offense is good. Russell Wilson's good, right? It's for them right now. It's their defense that is struggling, and so they need help. And 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 this is a good move for Seattle for sure. They need to get Jamal Adams back by their next game, and when they do, by the time they play the Niners, then the Seahawks defense will get reinforcements. But also, I kind of think they should sign Earl Thomas, bring him back. Yeah, that could be too. That's what I did in Madden 21. Put him on the Seahawks after the Ravens released him because I didn't think that Dallas would have wanted him. Uh uh-huh. If you know what I mean. But really, it was a gr- last week was a great week. But let's start off with the Patriots getting defeat by the 49ers embarrassingly. It was a 36, 33 to 6 loss. But here's some question marks here. Are the 49ers returning to their form from last year? And are the Patriots panicking about a two and four start? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I'll start with the 49ers. The, uh, uh, you know, they beat the Rams the week before, and then they went to uh, Gillette Stadium and beat the Patriots. You know, those are two good wins. I don't, I don't even care if the Patriots are having a down year, you know. Um, it's tough to go out there and win. It's, I think, even tougher to, for them to be at home and, and beat the Rams. The Rams seem like a really, really good team. So the 49ers um, – yeah, these two wins turn around their season for sure. Um, yes, they did. They needed those two wins, and then they have a tough game in Seattle to play the Seahawks, and that is not going to be easy for them. Yeah, that's uh, they play the Seahawks. Yeah, on Fox, the late game on Fox. Yes, and there's going to be question marks that we'll get to later. Like, can the can the Seahawks get revenge from that revenge game? Can they get revenge from the 49ers from last year's Week 17 NFC West win take all? Or can the Niners get, continue their momentum in the Seattle? That's going to be a lot of questions heading into that matchup on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. And for the Patriots side, is it time to panic? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Like they, you know, they weren't. <clears throat> I wasn't really too high on the Patriots. I thought they might be a wild card team this year, but um, with a two and four start. Um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding. They looked really bad in that game against the 49ers. Offense uh, looked flat. They need they need to get it going offensively. Their defense seems to be fine, but I heard that the Patriots might want to trade Stefan Gilmore, and I'm like, they shouldn't do it just because the Patriots are gonna get back into thick of things in, in competing for a playoff spot if they beat Buffalo. But beating Buffalo seems unlikely for them as we'll get deep into that game in just a little bit. Yeah, and I think in the NFC or the AFC East, um, I think the Dolphins have become a very intriguing team. If Tua, and you're really high on Tua, you like Tua a lot. If he is the real deal, 
the Dolphins might be the best team in the AFC East right now. It's good. It's tough to say between both Buffalo and Miami. Yeah, I, I still, I'm still sticking with Buffalo, but with Tua coming on, like that's going to be an exciting team to watch. I'll, I'm going to be looking forward to the Rams-Dolphins game on Sunday on Fox. That's going to be a fantastic game, but really – Cam Newton, I think, needs to get it going. He said that his job may be in jeopardy, but I don't think it is. I think he's going to get this Patriots team back on track. Yeah, it's it's tough. Like Belichick was saying that, you know, with Cam Newton, he's our best player at that position. And there's really nothing they can do right now. Um, I mean, it'd be incredible, but do you think they could maybe trade for a quarterback before the trade deadline? I don't think so. They like the uh-huh. quarterbacks that they have, but really, I think that the Patriots, this is going to, they have a long way to go for them to make the playoffs. But do I see it this year? I could, but it could be unlikely. Yeah, I agree. So I think that the Patriots are in a tough situation. They have a tough schedule coming up, but really, it gets easier down the stretch. So the Patriots should win some ball games down the stretch, you know? Yep. So. The next thing we're going to talk about is the Los Angeles Chargers defeating the Jacksonville Jaguars 39 to 29. Both teams needed to find a way to snap losing streaks, but one could prevail. And the Los Angeles Chargers did so. Justin Herbert had a great game. We thought the Jags would bench Gardner Minshew, but he kept his he kept the Jaguars in this game. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, it's Minshew is probably not the long-term solution for uh, Jacksonville, but um, he's exciting to watch. He can he can sometimes make some pretty good throws out there. And, uh, you know, he lost the duel with Justin Herbert, and Herbert looks great. I mean, wow, they really they, – they got a great quarterback uh, there, and they're going to be going places with him. Oh, of course, but – the first six games was tough, and a lot of people were doubt were saying fire Anthony Lynn, and I'm like, they shouldn't fire him now because they don't have Derwin James. And at the end of the season, I don't think the Chargers are going to fire Anthony Lynn because they lost Derwin James. It's because he needs to have a fully healthy roster to compete. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I think I don't think he's on the hot seat. I mean, he just got off. He just they just had a good win, you know, against Jacksonville. Uh, and if they can beat the Broncos uh, uh, this week. I mean, yeah, I look forward to watching that game because we're going to talk about that game later it's because it's going to be battle of my favorite deep ball quarterbacks in Justin Herbert and Drew Locke. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a great game. But Denver can be good. But can the Chargers – we'll talk about if the Chargers can prevail and get back to 500 if they beat Denver, which we'll talk about later. So – Basically, the Chargers, this was a big win for them against a team that's not going anywhere in Jacksonville. Right. Don't you think? Yep, I agree. Then the next thing we're going to talk about next is the L.A. Rams defeating a Chicago Bears team that's great defensively, but offensively we're not so high on because I like Nick Foles. I thought he can fix their offensive woes, but really the Chicago Bears offense wasn't that great, but the Rams – did what they had to do. Absolutely. And, you know, I've, I've thought this whole season, the, the bears are overrated that their record is better than what they are. And, you know, they got exposed by the Rams for sure. They um, did get they, exposed, I, but they're a fake five and one team. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Don't you think? Because 
I agree with you about the Bears being overrated just because they think that they're you're good because of their defense. But really, I think their five and one starts going to go down the drain. Yeah, they're going to have a tough game this week uh, hosting the Saints on Fox, one of the late games. Oh, my gosh, yes. But really, I think the Chicago Bears can still be in the thick of things in the playoffs. But really, uh, I just don't see them making the playoffs for whatever reason. Yeah, I think they're going to collapse, personally. And do you think they fire Matt Nagy? Um, They could, yeah. Like, the thing is... He had his quarterback Mitchell Trubisky, and he didn't work out. And I he think only they took need to the Bears to the playoffs yeah. once, and you know what <laughs> happened? That Cody Parkey missed field goal made headlines. Yeah. So really, I think the Chicago Bears are just not that good of a football team. That's right. So really, they have a tough schedule coming up. They got to face the. They got to face the Saints this upcoming week, and then they got to face the uh, Titans. Those are two losses right there for the Bears. Yep. The next game, but really, I think that I look forward to the Rams matchup against the uh, Miami Dolphins coming up, and then the Patriots taking on the Bills, which we'll talk about, and then the Chargers against Denver. So, let's talk about some running backs. The top five running backs through seven weeks of the 2020 season. I mean, Here's my list first. So I have number one, Derrick Henry. Number two, even though the Cowboys are banged up on the injury side, but Ezekiel Elliott continues to shine. Number three, I have, I mean, this guy is too good for a sophomore slump on the Oakland, on the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost slipped there when I said Oakland, but it's Las Vegas Raiders. And it's Josh Jacobs having another good season. Yeah. And then number four, even though the Vikings are kind of, in a, in a mode that they're kind of having a – they're taking a very a, – a slight step back here. They're taking a big step back this season. But Dalvin Cook continues to move the chains for the Vikings. And number five, I still like this guy, even though the Saints – I like this player. Even though the Saints are, are a team that stills without Michael Thomas, and they're going to have to get him back somehow. But Drew Brees still has his buddy, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, what about James Conner? Oh, I have him in the top 10, but really, uh, James Conner is definitely up there on my running back list in the first half of the 2020 season. I mean, James Conner has has had a good season, too. What about you, yeah. Matt? Yeah, I agree with – I like those running backs for sure. Um, you mean, yeah, any change to your top five on these running backs? Um, I would put – I would still put uh, Zeke Elliott, number one. Um. And I think I'd put Connor at number five. And, um, yeah, the, the Las Vegas running back, I forget his name. I said Josh Jacobs. Yeah, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he's like number four. Um, and then uh, Derrick Henry, number two. I have Derrick Henry's my number one back. It's because I liked what he did last year, and I think he not, it, the Titans paid him a lot of money, and I think that – He's really had another good Pro Bowl-type season. Yeah, for sure. Because if he rushes over a – you know, here's the thing. I was surprised, like we'll talk about this later, that the Steelers found a way to beat Tennessee and stop Derrick Henry from gaining momentum from moving those chains. Yep. Because I didn't think 
the Steelers had a chance to beat Tennessee because it's going to depend on how many times Derrick Henry has the football in his yep. hands. So that's why I was kind of like, wow, what did the Steelers do that the Patriots couldn't do in the playoffs last year to beat Tennessee? Yeah, so I'd, I'd go with Zeke Elliott, number one, Derrick Henry, two, Alvin Kamara, three, Jacobs, four, and then uh, Connor, five. Yeah, that's a good list right there. So let's talk about our top 11 rookies through seven weeks of the 2020 season. So let's start with our top five. So number one, I mean, you and I can break this down. I have Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow was shining throughout the first seven weeks. He excited. He brought excitement to his hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio. And I really think the Bengals are going to win a playoff team and they're going to be a Super Bowl contender in the couple in the, in the coming years as with Joe Burrow under center. Yep. So that's why I think Joe Burrow is off to a good start to his rookie season, even though the Bengals have one win and they have four losses and they have one tie. The future uh-huh. is bright in Cincinnati, and I see that AFC North division being one of the best in years to come. Absolutely. Don't you think? Yep. Number two for me is Justin Herbert. Man, who would have thought that Justin Herbert would have started with two? for Tyrod Taylor, but he's really come into the scene right away and shined. Yep. I think, yeah, it's, uh, Herbert's done really well. Um, I think that, you know, it's, there was some question marks, you know, about him, like, would he be an NFL caliber quarterback, you know, or could he, uh, the face of a franchise and the answer is yes. And, you know, he, um, for me, I agree with I agree with Joe Burrow. He's my number one. I wouldn't put Herbert as high as two, only because he didn't play a couple of games. So I want to give some respect to a couple other guys out there. But uh, yeah, I put Herbert in my top five. Yeah, absolutely. So you would put you would put Herbert number five. Yes, and yep, I would do that. Number three, I mean, although I've put him ahead of every rookie, I think I'm so excited about this guy from the Miami Dolphins. And I wish he started week one. I in Madden 21, I put him as the week one starter for the Miami Dolphins against a team that I I would have liked to see the Dolphins start off with is the New York Jets. And that's Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. And I, I'm excited to see his debut, and I think he's gonna be a great NFL quarterback. Yep. N- number four for me, this this guy has really impressed Kansas City Chiefs fans and the Chiefs fans are going to love this kid for so many years to come. And they found their next, they found a replacement for Kareem Hunt. That is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, that's great. And I say that because he and Patrick Mahomes are going to get along just fine. And they're going to have the chemistry that's going to be needed for this Kansas city team. Uh huh. And my number five best rookie on offense, I'm talking about offensive rookies. That's it. And then I'm talking about defensive rookies next, you know? Okay. So my fifth best offensive rookie this year is a guy that really is going to be a good is going to be one of Drew Locke's favorite targets in in Denver because he already has his college teammate and Noah Fant as one of his favorite targets when it comes to this Denver Broncos offense. But really, Jerry Judy, I think he's going to become one of Drew Locke's favorite deep threats. Yeah. Yeah. After he had a. He had kind of a bad first game where he had a couple of big drops, but he's done really well since then. Oh, yeah, of course. And then 
imagine and then next year when they get Cortland Sutton back, that's that offense is gonna be sick. Yeah. Because Denver has been hit hard with injuries. But really when they get their offense back, they're gonna be fun to watch. Yep. My sixth best rookie is I think even though that this is going to be Dak Prescott's favorite target for years to come, I think he's had a good rookie season still. And that is CeeDee Lamb from the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. He is fun to watch. He's electric. I agree. And then my seventh best offensive rookie is a guy that I like on the 49ers. I think he, I think he's a target. He's Jimmy Garoppolo's favorite target, you know. He, along with Debo and George Kettle. Yep. And Raheem Mostert. Brandon Ayuk has made quite an impact in his rookie year in San Francisco. Yeah. And my number eight rook, favorite offensive rookie this year is a guy that – who's going to replace Stephon Diggs as a deep threat? Who's going to replace – who's going to replace the what's-his-face, you know? Uh-huh. Who's gonna take? Who's gonna replace Stephon Diggs in that role? Since he wanted out of Minnesota, uh-huh. and they found that guy in Justin Jefferson. <clears throat> Although I think Adam Thielen has really taken over that role, you know. Mm-hmm. So you you think Justin Jefferson has made quite an impact? Yeah, definitely. My ninth best rookie in twenty twenty is a guy that really has made storylines. I mean. Could be a favorite target for any quarterback that Jacksonville has. Lavasca, it's hard to say his name. Lavasca Chennault Jr. All right, that's a good one. And then my 10th best rookie in 2020. He's hurt right now, but I think he's going to come back strong next year. I mean, come back strong when he comes off the IR, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And the Colts fans are going to love him. And Philip Rivers will already already loves him. And that's Michael Pittman Jr. from USC. You know? Yep. Don't you what do you think of Michael Pittman Jr.? You think when he comes back, you think the Colts are gonna get some reinforcements on the offense? I think so. He's gonna help for sure. And then uh, my eleventh best rookie. Uh I'll tell you this. I mean Eagle fans love him already, but even though he's hurt, I think he's going to be a, a favorite target of Carson Wentz along with Zach Hartz. But I think I'm very confident in Jalen Rieger. Yeah, I, I think um, – so here's my – I'll, I'll, I'll do my top five offensive rookies and my top five defensive rookies. So, number one, I'm like you. I agree with Joe – I like Joe Burrow. Um, number two – I'm going to go with, um, let's see. I think I'm going to go with Tristan Wirfs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive tackle. The thing with Wirfs is he doesn't have any stats for an offensive lineman, but he's done a great job being the right tackle for Brady. Yeah. Yep. And that's why I'm kind of going with him. Like he's put in a really tough spot and he's done really well there. So I'm going to go with Tristan Wirfs. It's tough Uh, to give it to an offensive lineman, you know? Yeah. The the third one is Justin Jefferson, wide receiver on the Vikings. Um, He's had some couple of awesome games recently where he caught for 175 yards and 103 yards. And um, he was averaging at least 25 yards in those 
for catching those games. So I think, um, I think it's he's going to be really good, Justin Jefferson. And he's then, be great. yeah. And then, um, then I'm going to do uh, C.D. Lamb, wide receiver of the Cowboys. And then I'll do, uh, and then it's just, and then Justin Herbert of of the Chargers. That's a good list. And then I'll give you my top five defensive rookies through the first seven weeks of the season. So, number one for me is Chase Young. I mean, he's made an impact on the Washington football team's defense. I think that defensive line is going to be really good because of him. Number uh-huh. two for me, I mean, he's another first-round pick from the Chargers along with Herbert. He's made quite an impact on the defense of the Chargers, and that's Kenneth Murray. I think he could get some votes for off for defensive rookie of the year, but I think Chase Young will end up winning it. Number three, I mean, the Ravens had trouble finding a Ray Lewis replacement, but no player is no Ray Lewis now, even ever since he retired. Patrick Queen has has come in to Baltimore, and he's worked hard. I mean, he's a he's a workhorse on that defense. Yeah, Patrick Queen is. Uh huh. Number four for me, even though the Niners are hurt without Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas, Javon Kinlaw has. Made his made a name for himself on the defense for the Niners. But really, think about when Nick Bosa comes back next year from a torn ACL. That defense of the Niners will be still scary. But they're still scary now, you know, because they still have unhealthy Armstead. They have Ken Law. They have Quan Alexander and Fred Werner, who's really stepped up big time. Yep. And number five, number fifth, my fifth best defensive rookie this year. Although the Lions are in a rebuild phase on that side of the ball when they traded Darius Slay to Philadelphia, Jeff Okuda is going to be good for a long time, and I'm very high on him for for the Lions' future. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Who are your top five defensive rookies? Yeah, my uh, so I'm going number one, Antoine Winfield Jr. of uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's the safety. Uh, good he's, had, uh, he's, he's He's made an impact on, on the Tampa Bay's defense. Yeah, it has two sacks, one forced fumble, uh, 25 tackles so far. So, yeah, he's uh, he's he's a versatile player. Uh, really good. He's really helping out that defense in Tampa. So I'm going to put him one. I'm going to put uh, Chase Young, number two, of the Washington football team. Uh, so, I mean, he's had a little bit of an injury. I think it was a groin injury or something like that. Um, but – yeah, I mean he's he's had two and a half sacks, one forced fumble, uh, so he's made an impact as a both in the pass rush and as a run defender. So um, I'm going to put him at number two. Um, then let's see. I think I'm going it, to. It's a little bit tough for me on defense, but um, I might have. Let's see. You might want. I might go with Jeremy Chin of Carolina as number three. Another safety that's um, done really well. Yeah, what's that? It's Jeremy Chin, right? He's a safety that's done very well for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I think I would put him up there, and then uh, then I'm gonna. Um, I'm going to say Jalen Johnson, cornerback for the Chicago Bears. Um, I think that 
He's done really well. He's been playing a lot of snaps. He's out there doing a uh, definitely making an impact, I think, on that defense. And maybe part of the reason why they um, are scored the touchdown. Yeah. And let's see. Then I'm going to put. Let's see the my last one, my number five. Um, I'm going to go with the. Um, well, one second. I'm going to go with Javon Kinlaw. I I I like that list too, but I really think. But next week we're going to record. We're going to count down our top five uh, wide receivers throughout eight weeks of the through eight weeks of the 2020 season, and get your list ready for that because. This is a good receiver group, and they've done a good. And those receivers would be, those receivers are very good this year. And uh, and there's guys that I think that I really like heading into this, heading into 2020 when it comes to the wide receiver group. You know, uh huh. So we'll talk about that next week. So with that being said, let's talk about our Thursday night football game and with our pick here. So the Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers meet the Falcons again. And you know, this is the first time the Panthers are playing the Falcons since the Panthers beat the Falcons that costed Dan Quinn his job. But my pick here is I picked the Carolina Panthers to beat the Falcons in Atlanta in overtime. Mm. Just because I say that I'm going to say the Falcons are going to start off fast. They're going to start off with a 28 to nothing lead. And then in the second half, the Panthers are going to come back. Because <laughs> that's how yeah. the Falcons are. So you think the Falcons are going to blow another one? Yeah, they're going to blow another big lead. <laughs> uh, yep. So I'm going to, I have to always, I'm always giving faith to the Falcons. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to call the Falcons here. And it's been my upset special of the week. Uh, I think they'll they'll edge out Carolina in a great game, but I think that um, the Falcons just might finally have things go their way. You mean the Falcons? The Falcons are one and six, and Carolina's three and four. I'm thinking that I'm thinking that the Panthers are looking to get back to playing 500 football. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they're going to be. It'll be a tight. Well, game actually, the last time, the last time. Uh, that game happened. That was in Atlanta. The game was going to be at Bank of Charlotte. Uh-huh. So you could see the Falcons getting a road win, but I think the Panthers are going to win one. Yep. No, but why do you think the Falcons are going to come into Charlotte and win? I think that um, – I think they're – I think that they've had just some bad luck over like several games this season. Like they lost to the to the Lions last week on a play. Yeah, they shouldn't they even lost have I mean, badly to Detroit. Yeah. In and, Atlanta. And they choked and, again. Yeah. And Gurley, you know, scored that touchdown when he shouldn't have, you know, at the end of the game. So uh because that gave the ball back to the Lions with a chance to win it. So um they should have set up for the field goal, the gimme field goal at the end of the game there. But uh, you know, it is what it is, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, I think that the Falcons, their luck might go their way this time, finally. In in Charlotte, you mean, not in Atlanta. Right, yep. 
the last game it happened, it was the Panthers won in Atlanta, but can the Falcons come into Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte to get a win there? But that remains to be seen because the Falcons are an indoor team. They're not yep. used to playing outdoors, you know? Yep. But they'll get lucky to get a win in, in outdoors, but really they're more of a dome team. Yeah. The, my Sunday night football pick, the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Dockless Cowboys, but Andy Dalton is still in concussion protocol, but they may start their seventh round draft pick on in prime time. What wow. is So I'm going to pick the Philadelphia Eagles to win this game by three. I think it's going to be a game winning field goal by Jake Elliott, but I think the Cowboys are still going to make it a competitive football game. Yeah, I think I think I'm going with the Eagles too in this one. I think the Eagles blow out the Cowboys. Oh my gosh. It's chose to tell you here how bad Dallas is. And I think the Eagles will be the first team to three wins in this very bad NFC East this year. Uh-huh. And and I wonder who's gonna finish in second place. I still think the Cowboys will when Andy Dalton comes back from concussion protocol, but he doesn't really help. I mean, I think Andy Dalton will help them in some way. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. But that hit was bad. You know? yep. Yeah, I think, I think the uh, I think the Eagles win big. They are going to win so big because I think that they really need to get, pad in their NFC East league. But you know, the Cowboys and Eagles went healthy. They are one of the most talented teams in the NFC East. Yeah, and they're going to win the division this year, so they'll be a playoff team. Who? Who will the Cowboys or the Eagles? The Eagles. Yeah, they're going to play a lot better down the stretch, I think. Uh-huh. Because I feel like that Deshaun Jackson, I think the Eagles need to move on from him. I think they need to get younger and younger at receiver, but I, the only players I see them keeping is Zach Ertz for sure. I don't see the Eagles letting him go. Yeah. Zach Ertz is Carson Wentz's favorite target. And let's talk about Monday Night Football, so. Could this week, could we see Antonio Brown make his Tampa Bay debut then? Oh, just kidding. Ah, man, I'm so excited to see Antonio Brown back in the NFL. Always been one of my favorite receivers. And he gets to play with Tom Brady again. Yeah, that's going to be exciting to watch. Is he playing on Monday night? No, he's still suspended until week eight. So so he he probably will make his debut probably next week when the Carol, when the New Orleans, when the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers play the Saints in Tampa in week nine. Oh, that'll be a big game. So I think that's when he debuts. You don't need him now because the Giants are so bad. But I'm going to pick the Buccaneers to beat the Giants by 30. It's going to be a blowout. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's going to be a, yeah, I think Buccaneers blow out the Giants for sure. That was a great game last week for the Buccaneers. They beat the Raiders big yep. time. Yeah. So here's my – your upset special was Falcons over Panthers. So my lock of the week is Chiefs over the Jets because you know that the Jet, everybody's going to beat the Jets this year. Yeah. And then my upset special is my Patriots upsetting the Bills in Orchard Park, New York. Ooh, that'll be a good one. Because yeah, I my... really think they need this. This is a must I, – I call this game a must-win game. But if it is, great. If if they start off 2-5, and five, I could see the Patriots overcoming a 2-5 and five start. Yeah. I'm a, so what about – who's your I, lock of the week? My lock of the week is the Buccaneers over the Giants. And then your upset special is Panth- Falcons over the Panthers. But who's, who do you pick between the Chiefs over the Jets? Uh, I'm picking the Chiefs over the Jets. Everybody's going to beat the Jets. I just saw 
on NFL.com just now that Adam Gase just said that those trade rumors around Quentin Williams is false. Ooh, okay. Because there were, he, the, the Jets were going to put him on the trade block so that they can get more in return because they're rebuilding. Uh-huh. But I just think that – I think Quentin Williams is a piece that the Jets want to build around for their defense in the future. Yeah. I just think Sam Darnold might want out of there at the end of the season just because he's not getting the help he needs. Yeah, and Trevor Lawrence might stay in college so that the Jets can't draft him. <laughs> yeah, that's probably if the if here's the thing. If Trevor Lawrence stays in college, then I think the Jets are going to build around Sam Donald, which I think they they're going to build around Sam Donald for the future. I think he's still their guy going forward, don't you think? Uh, well, it's going to be up to the next head coach. Yeah, you're right. It's going to depend on if the head coach likes Donald or not. Donald yeah. has had his struggles this year. But yeah. he's a good quarterback, but I just think that he just hasn't had a fully healthy season. Yeah. So, next, we're going to talk about the rest of our eight, week eight picks. So, before we get to that, some question marks around the Buffalo Bills. So, the Bills are five and two. Who do you pick to win between the Patriots and the Bills in week eight? I'm going with the Bills. I think they'll uh, – they looked pretty sluggish, though, against the Jets. So, maybe they – this is going to be – um, I, I kind of like your upset your, your upset special pick there. It could definitely happen. So I'm gonna still go with the with the Bills though. And and the Bills are still your pick to win the AFC East because of the roster that they have. And do you think the Dolphins are gonna challenge the Bills as early as next year for that spot? Um. Yeah, I think that I think Miami and the Bills are gonna be going at it for sure for the next couple of years. Well, it's because Br- Miami has. My guy, Brian Flores, down there used to be a Patriot, but I I like what he's doing down in Miami, though. Yep. I've always been a fan of Brian Flores ever since he was on Belichick's coaching staff, but I think he's doing a good job building that program back to where it needs to be. Yeah. Brian Flores has. So, with that being said, let's get to our rest of our Week 8 picks. So, Tennessee looking to bounce back from a tough loss after Stephen Kostowski's uh, – Miss field goal against Pittsburgh, but they go to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. But I see the Tennessee Titans coming into uh, the jungle to beat the Bengals. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think um, I think the Titans beat the Bengals uh, for sure. Now the Bengals are going to rebuild their defense now that Carlos Dunlap is a Seattle Seahawks. Geno Atkins is their bright spot, but I don't think they have enough guys to stop Derrick Henry. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game for them. It, but their offense will keep up. I'm not going to underestimate Joe Burrow. I'm not going to say, like, the Bengals are going to get blown out because the Titans are good because Joe Burrow can keep you in ball games. Yeah. The next game that we're going to talk about is the Cleveland Browns, 5-2. and two. What a start for them. But really, you gotta you got to admit, Odell Beckham Jr. being out with a torn ACL is a very big blow for their offense. Oh, yeah, for sure. Losing him to a season-ending ACL injury isn't what Cleveland Browns fans expected. But are they still a deep team? I still think they are. I still think as long as Jarvis Landry is healthy, when they get Nick Chubb back, they're still going to be good. Yeah, they're an interesting team because, I mean, what stinks for them is they're in the same division as Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Yeah. And that's just, that's tough. Um, 
And I don't think Baker Mayfield's better than Lamar Jackson or even, you know, Roethlisberger. So um, it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be tough for them for sure. Um, I think that the Raiders are going to win in Cleveland this week. I still pick Cleveland because without OBJ, I, even though it's going to be tough, they still have Baker still has weapons like Austin Hooper, David Yoku, Kareem Hunt. But you're saying is that Baker Mayfield is not better than Ben Roethlisberger and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and it's tough to be a winner in a division when you have the third best quarterback, you know. So, I mean, I I agree with you. Baker is not better than Ben at Big Ben and Lamar. But he is getting better each game, you know. Mm-hmm. But I really think he's proven everybody wrong this year, you know. Yeah. This next game we're going to talk about is Philip Rivers and the Colts visit your hometown Detroit Lions. Battle of veteran quarterbacks, that game could have been on Thanksgiving, you know. Yeah. Because I would have loved to see Philip Rivers play against Stafford on Thanksgiving and see Jim Nance and Tony Robo and Tracy Wilson call that game. But – I'm going to say that the Colts are going to win this game against your hometown Lions. I mean, Detroit has gotten back on track, but they're running into a good Colts team right there. Yeah, this will be a good game. I'm going to go with the Lions. Um, I don't think they're quitting on Coach Patricia just yet. They had two wins now. They have a little bit of momentum going into this game. I think they're going to be ready for the Colts. They are going to be ready for the – I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say it's going to be a blowout. I'm not really counting out Matthew Stafford, though. I yeah. still think Matthew Stafford is still the Lions quarterback until he retires. I don't see him leaving Detroit just yet. Yeah. But really, the Lions are not quitting for Matthew for Matt Patricia, which is good because I would feel bad for him if he gets fired. But really, I think the Lions have been playing a lot better football as of late. Don't All you right. think – yeah. The next game we're going to talk about next is the Green Bay Packers playing the Minnesota Vikings in Lambeau Field. What I wish fans would be there so that players can do Lambeau leaps, you know? Yeah. The Vikings have been terrible, but I still think the Vikings are going to keep up with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And Kirk Cousins has not been good this year. But you're saying is that the Vikings may have to dump him. And you think nobody wants Kirk Cousins, but I still think Kirk Cousins is a, is a decent quarterback, but he's just streaky at times. But I picked the Green Bay Packers to beat Minnesota again. Yeah, I think Green Bay definitely does the, uh, gets the win against Minnesota this week. And you think Kirk Cousins is still bad, or you think Kirk Cousins is solid? I think he's he's still kind of bad. I think he it's going to be tough to keep him in Minnesota. I still think he's still their quarterback of the future. I mean, I still think he is. But really, I think the Vikings can find a way to save their season when their schedule gets easier. Yeah. So the next thing we're going to talk about is Jared Goff and the L.A. Rams after coming off a big win last week, this past Monday against the uh, Chicago Bears. They're going to come into South Florida to take on Tua Tagovailoa and an upstart Miami Dolphins team. So – I think this is going to be a fantastic but exciting game, but I'm going to pick the L.A. Rams to win this game by by three points. But I think the Dolphins are going to make it competitive, but I think the Rams are the better team in this game. Yeah, I'm going with the Rams, too. I think they, uh, I think they get a close win here in Miami, but they do win. 
Yeah, Miami has a tough schedule in this part of the season, but when their schedule gets easier, I really think they're going to start winning some ball games for you. Yep. So the next game we're going to talk about next is uh, a late game. We're now into the late game. So the Saints take on the Chicago Bears. That's going to be on Fox with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and Drew Brees. Hopefully they can get Michael Thomas back for this game because they really need him badly if the Saints want to keep their Super Bowl hopes alive, which I still think they're in the mix for the Super Bowl still, don't you think? Yes, I think so. But the Chicago Bears are a fake 5-16, and 16, an overrated that people think that they're so good with their de- because of their defense, but really they need an offense. But I think the Saints win by a close game. I think I think that's a game-winning field in Chicago. Yep, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a close one. I think the Saints pull it off, though. They are gonna pull that off. I mean, the Saints and the Buccaneers are both gonna be tied for first place, or even close, if you know what I mean. Yep. The next game we're gonna talk about next is Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks taking on Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. So, questions about each quarterback. Let's start with the 49ers. A lot of people think Garoppolo is not gonna be a 49er next year, so. I think Garoppolo is going to be a 49er going forward. What about you? Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is still the 49ers quarterback going forward? Yeah, there, there's some buzz that he might not be. Um, and, you know, it's it, it's going to depend on how well he can finish the season. And uh, I'm going to say at this point, though, I'm leaning towards no. I think they might go in a different direction. I'm going to say yes, because get, let, him get, let him grow into the quarterback that he – that he is when he when he learned from Brady, and I think he still can be the 49ers quarterback of the future. But I know you said no because of the contract situation that he signed. But I still think he'll he'll be their starting quarterback going forward. If you know what I mean. Uh huh. I just think that George Kittle likes Garoppolo. All the players on the offense of the 49ers love Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think he really is flourishing under Kyle Shanahan's offense. Yeah. But why do you think no? I think I think there's just there's smoke, there's fire. I think there might be some things behind the scenes that are they're not happy with. Um, they might look at it as he's a weak link on their on their offense, on their team, maybe. And you know, they might want to have go in a different direction and maybe get a free agent quarterback. Um, I heard Matt Ryan may reunite with Kyle Shannon if the Falcons cut ties with him. Yeah, you know, I think. I think that Ryan would be an upgrade, but you know, Ryan is, he's a, you know, he doesn't bring that much. I mean, he's getting older. He's not a mobile quarterback. Um, So I don't know. I I think it also depends maybe on what's available for them, but yeah, that'd be interesting if they reunite with Matt Ryan, Shanahan. I mean, I just, in my opinion, I just think Jimmy Garoppolo is still the 49ers quarterback of the future. Yeah. I still think so, just because there's been rumblings about him leaving. I don't see him leaving San Francisco at all. I want to see him continue to be a starting quarterback in this league from a uh-huh. Patriots fan perspective. That's why I don't see him leaving the 49ers. I, was, I still want to see him start at under center. Yeah. And he's earned it. He's deserved to be a starting quarterback in this league. Garoppolo has. Yep. In my opinion, he's earned it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that Super Bowl, I just don't think it. I don't think he deserves to get blamed for that Super Bowl last year against the Chiefs. I still think that 
he you let him grow. Okay. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I meant. But yep. on the Seattle side, man, that was a tough loss against a tough Arizona team. I called that upset for the Arizona Cardinals. I wanted my man Kyler Murray to beat Russell Wilson in, in the desert on Sunday night. But yeah, you know what? Yeah. They did, and they're for real. Yep, absolutely. They are for real. The the best 5-2 and two team in the NFC West. And I have to say, this is one of my favorite divisions to talk about, the NFC West. Yes, okay. So, so that's what I'm saying. Seattle came off a very tough loss, but I think they're going to rebound. But I'm picking the Seahawks to win in, in against the San Francisco and get revenge from their uh, winner-take-all NFC West game from last season. Okay, yep. What about you? Yeah, I think, I think Seattle wins this one. Absolutely. Next game we're going to talk about is Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens take on the ageless Ben Roethlisberger and, a, and the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. So, man, the Steelers are, Steelers are playing good football. And the Ravens are too. So, with that being said, I'm going to pick – actually, although I, I'm not a I, – I am – I'm not really a big, big fan of Ben Roethlisberger. I like him as a player, but I don't like him as a person, though. But I'm going to pick the Baltimore Ravens to beat the Steelers because I think Lamar Jackson is the better quarterback. I think, in my opinion, Lamar Jackson is better than Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. What about you? I think so, too. So you think – I think think the Ravens get a win here. Yeah, because it's at Emmett, it's at home, and I think that the Ravens have the targets for. I think that the Ravens, I think that the Ravens, if you look at it, they're. I think the Ravens are gonna are gonna win this game. But here's the thing: I would not be shocked if the Steelers won the AFC North, and the Ravens are one of the wild card teams. Yeah, by looking at it, because I'm looking at the conference standings right now. If you look at at the conference standings right now when it comes to the playoff picture. The uh-huh. Ravens, if the playoffs ended today, I'm just looking I'm just looking at the playoff picture here. Like if the playoffs ended today, the Ravens would be the five seed. Oh yeah. That's pretty far down. I didn't realize they'd be that far down. Because who would be who's ahead of them? I'm looking at the uh I'm gonna look at the uh I'm looking at the AFC playoff picture for 2020. So let's, okay. I'm taking a look at that right now. So basically Baltimore is fifth in the uh, AFC playoff picture and Pittsburgh and Kansas City are battling for the top spot in the AFC. But I think Kansas City will be the number one team. And I think Pittsburgh will be number two. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at it right now. It looks like the Patriots are going to miss the playoffs if the playoffs were today. Yeah. So I'm I'm just looking at it right now. So I think the Ravens are going to be in the playoffs regardless. But that's why I picked the Ravens to win this game. If the Steelers win, I will not be shocked. Just because of how good they are this year and how much better they are this year than they were last year. Oh yeah, for sure. Because I underestimated I kind of underestimated Pittsburgh a little bit just because I felt like that Lamar Jackson and the Ravens would pick up where they left off last year and then I didn't know how how big Ben would be coming back from that elbow injury. 
and all that, you know? Uh-huh. So that's why I kind of over – I kind of underestimated Pittsburgh a lot. But really, they have proven me wrong. So that's why I picked Baltimore to win, just because I like Lamar Jackson better than Big Ben. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like – I mean, I think I think I like the Ravens this game. I think that they're going to have just a little bit more uh, punch than the uh, than the Steelers are. I think the Ravens get the W. Now let's talk about who's going to win between the LA Chargers over the Denver Broncos. Two deep ball quarterbacks are going to make this a fantastic football game. It's going to be a lot of offense in the Mile High City in Denver. Yeah. So I picked the Los Angeles Chargers to beat the Denver Broncos just because the Chargers weapon-wise are much healthier than what Denver has. Yep. I'm in agreement. I think the Chargers show some flair and they get the win in Denver. I think so too. I mean, despite being two and four and I could see the Chargers beating Denver, I think, but Denver's going to make it an interesting football game, but I think the Chargers are going to come are going to want to come into Denver and Justin Herbert's going to want to go three and four and get this team back on track. But the Broncos, if you look at it, when they're fully healthy, I think the AFC West is going to be good too when they get everybody healthy. But I really like Vic Fangio and what he's doing in Denver. Don't you like him, what he's doing in Denver too? Yeah, I do. So with that being said, we got breaking news to talk about here is that the Texans facility is closing after a player tested positive for COVID. And also, it's a good thing the Texans don't have a game this week. They can just they can just uh, take care of the situation now and then get ready for their next game next week. Yep. When uh, the that's... Houston Texans take on the Jaguars. Yes, I, it's, it's good timing for them, I guess, you know, that they have this bye week to sort through that. So so that's what we have here. So basically that's a good thing that they address this. But also Adam Sheffield just reported that the Super Bowl could be hosting a small group of fans from what I heard. And I heard that if there's a week 18, since there's no Pro Bowl this week, this year, they could use that week after the AFC, uh, the championships weekend for a bye week for both teams so that both teams, whoever's in the Super Bowl in Tampa come February 7th, they can, uh, they can get ready for uh, Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. Uh-huh. So that's what, that's what I had to bring up here, but also you still, you still think it's going to be uh, Seattle and Kansas city in Super Bowl 55 or you pick Tampa Bay and Kansas city. Yeah. I'm going to pick, uh, I'm going to pick, Tampa Bay and Kansas City still. I mean, I have it either Kansas. For me, I I have two options now. I have Kansas City and New Orleans because I want to see Drew Brees in the Super Bowl or my boy Russell Wilson against Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Oh, that, wow. would, that would be great. Wouldn't you want to see Mahomes and Wilson in the Super Bowl? Yeah, that'd be great. Or what about this matchup? Lamar or what about if – I'm going to throw in another matchup. Pittsburgh versus Seattle. Ooh, yeah. That'd be or a really good one. Ravens versus Seattle. Yeah. Or uh, Buccaneers versus Steelers. Yeah. Or what about Green Bay? I would like to see maybe Green Bay in, in Baltimore or Green Bay, Kansas City. Uh-huh. That's what I kind of want to see here, just because 
everybody wanted to see Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. I kind of see Green Bay kind of taking that next step, you know? Yeah. They still make it back to the AFC NFC Championship game, and I think this time they go back to they go back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. If if you know what I mean. Yep. So that being said, let's talk about some baseball stuff about why Justin Turner left yesterday's game. He tested positive for the virus, but he came back to celebrate with his teammates. Uh-huh. So it was unfortunate that he didn't get out there to be part of the pre post game celebration, but he got he got to get back out there for the team picture, you know. Uh-huh. So tell me what your thoughts are on Turner testing positive and also Corey Seager being the World Series MVP. Oh, yeah. Well, World Series MVP for Seager, I mean, that it, he was the best player, you know, not a big surprise there. Um, you know, so Seager well-earned and did a really nice job in, uh, in, this, in the, in the uh, World Series and throughout the whole playoffs, really. Uh, with Turner testing positive, you know, it's, it's weird that they would get a positive test in the middle of a game, right? I mean, you think that you would just get notified ahead of time and you, you'd know, you know? And so I'm, I'm not sure, like, how they were doing testing in, in baseball there. But, um, yeah, it was weird because he got pulled out of the game and Joe Buck was angry about why, they, why Roberts had pulled him out. You know, like, why do you do something like that? And the, it, didn't seem, it didn't make any sense. But obviously, it did make full uh, complete sense once you figured out he had, he had received a positive uh, diagnosis. So you know, hopefully he's hopefully he's okay, and uh, the people that he's around, you know, don't get it. Uh, I noticed oh, he wasn't, heard, but he doesn't feel any symptoms of it. Yeah, could have been a negative got- positive or a false positive test too. You know, those happen. Yeah, it might be a false positive, but who knows? Uh huh. But also, let's talk about next. What's next for the Dodgers in the offseason? So, basically, when it comes to Dodgers offseason plans, I for sure think Justin Turner is going to stay for sure. And what do you think about Jack Peterson? It's going to be tough to keep him and Kike just because, you know, we got guys coming up in our farm system that want a chance. I think Gavin Lux is going to be our starting second baseman next year. Yeah. So, but I really think that the Dodgers are going to be – I still favor when it comes to my early favorites to win the 2021 World Series. I'm going to favor the Dodgers again. Ooh, yeah. And then I give my second favorite to the Yankees. Yeah, I think the Dodgers are going to be favorites next year as well. And then I'm also going to put an- throw in another team who's another favorite, the A's. Yeah, they could be. I, I still like Yankees Dodgers again. I wanted to see that this year, but Tampa Bay just came out of nowhere this year. Yeah. But I still think Tampa Bay is going to be in it for the long run. But the AL East is such a very good division. It will always be a good division, you know? Yeah. And then uh, let's talk about some teams that could be from worst to first. This this team, But also, the NL West is going to be a good division. I mean, San Diego is getting better, but they went for it, though. Uh-huh. But really, I think that uh, – but with that being said, I think the Dodgers will be World Series favorites next year. But also we have news in the NBA to talk about is that Daryl Morey will now work as the uh, president of basketball operations for the Philadelphia 76ers. What do you think of that move? Well, I guess, you know, Doc Rivers wants to work with him. So it should be a good move for, uh, for Philly. 
You know what Doc Rivers says? There's only one Doc in Philadelphia. He says, call him Glenn. Oh. Because <laughs> Glenn's his real name. Yeah. But also, I want to get your thoughts on what do you think about Stan Van Gundy being the next head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting hire. I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I was a little bit surprised by it, but, um, but, you know, Stan Van Gundy has coaching experience. Um, he has a good roster to work with and, uh, yeah, I wish him lots of luck. Here's the thing, what I heard him say in his introduction, what I just saw right now on, on CBS NBA, he said that Stan Van Gundy is excited to work with Zion Williamson. Who wouldn't be excited to work with Zion Williamson if you're the new head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans? Right, right, yeah. Zion is going to have another great season. I really can't wait to see what he does with this Pelicans team. I think Stan Van Gundy is going to make them compete for the Western Conference. I think he is a better fit in New Orleans than he was in Detroit. Yeah. Because in Detroit, he commanded a lot of – he wanted a lot of control on the roster and what he wanted. But that did not work out. Don't you think? Yeah. Turn to the NBA sideline as a head coach and return to the Houston Rockets. Yeah, you could. That'd be fun. You'd see the two brothers coaching against each other. I want to see that. (laughs) The Van Gundy brothers coaching against each other. Yeah, that'd be good. Wouldn't that be good for the NBA? Yeah, I think so. Because I really think the Rockets should hire Jeff Van Gundy back to coach the Houston Rockets. Because here's the thing. He has unfinished business. He coached them. I didn't think he – I think he should come back for a second stint. Yeah, I – at this point, I don't know who else they would go with. Just go with Van Gundy. He has the experience. I mean, he's been in the booth for way too long, and I would love to see him back in the NBA. Uh Uh-huh. Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah. You know? But here's my 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 question for you. How how do you think he's going to get along with James Harden and Russell Westbrook if he does ret- return to the uh, Rockets as their head coach? Yeah, uh say it again. How do you think James Harden and Russell Westbrook will get along with coach Van Gundy? Oh, uh, yeah, good question. Are uh, they going to are they going to work together very well? I really think Jeff Van Gundy would like to get We'll like to work with them, you know? Yeah. I, at this point, like, yeah, I guess it'd be okay. I think they'd work fine at least for a year. Um, so, yeah, what do you think? I think that, I think he would work, I think he would work, he would teach them some things. Uh-huh. So that's why I think Jeff Van Gundy should become, I kind of predict now he's going to be the next head coach of the Houston Rockets. Okay. Jeff Van Gundy. And that means the coaching search is done. But really, we'll talk about whenever the coaching search is done, we're going to talk about who, which which coach will make an impact in their first year of coaching or which veteran coach is going to make an impact in their first year. But right now, I see my early favorite for which he- rookie head coach is going to make an impact in his first year is Steve Nash. Yeah, that'll be an interesting fit in Brooklyn there with Nash uh, coaching Durant and uh, um, Kyrie. So. Oh yeah, because he's a point guard, and and Steve yeah, do you Nash think... can teach Kyrie Irving what he can do to be an elite player in the NBA. Yeah, what do so, you think? Uh, where's Brooklyn going to finish in the Eastern Conference? One or two. 
with Kyrie or KD, I think they're going to challenge Milwaukee for that top uh-huh. spot. Yeah, cool. But cool. also, I have a question for you. Do you think Miami needs to make make a move to make a, to land a big ticket free agent to join Jimmy Butler after the knuckle in the NBA Finals? Uh, yeah, they probably need to make another move. Um, so, yeah, they'll want to bring someone in, I think. What about this? What do you think about Amari Stoudemire joining his buddy Steve Nash on the Brooklyn Nets coaching staff? Oh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I it'll be fun to see him on the on the bench there. I also heard Mike D'Antoni uh, might might reunite with Steve Nash to be the lead assistant in in Brooklyn. What do uh-huh. you think of that? Yeah, that's that would also be really interesting. Uh, bring a lot of uh, Phoenix Suns. Yeah, yeah. Bring a, an interesting perspective. Yeah, D'Antoni doesn't really know defense, so what he's going to do is is what I mean is Mike D'Antoni is going to just re- help Steve Nash out, be a head coach, but also I don't think D'Antoni is going to force Steve Nash to to play small ball lineups because D'Antoni likes small ball lineups. Yeah, and you know how that worked out in the playoffs. It it it. It did not work out. Yeah. So that's what we're thinking here. But also another 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 thing to look forward to is how what is Ty Lue gonna bring to the head to what is Ty Lue gonna bring as the head coach of the Clippers? I think he's gonna do a great job working with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And I think he's gonna teach Paul George not to be a choker in the playoffs. Yeah. What do you yeah, think, think of that hire by the Clippers? Well, I think it's a good hire. I think that Ty Lue is – he's going to really help this team out quite a bit, I think, with his coaching. I've always liked Ty Lue. You think he's going to make help the Clippers get past the first, the second round of the playoffs? Yeah, yep. That's what he I might think even win too. a championship with him. I think he will, but really, he has Chauncey Billups on his staff too. Yeah, that's he's a good nice the. Uh, he gets to br- he's bringing him out of the uh, broadcast booth to work with him. Chauncey Billups, and also yep. he, he might bring in former Nets coach Kenny Atkinson to join him too. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I think, he's assembling that staff together. Now, all that being said, let's talk about what the LA Galaxy need to do tonight. They have a game tonight against the Portland Timbers, and you know, it's a foregone conclusion that their season is over. Yeah. What do you think they need to do tonight for them to get a win against the Portland Timbers. I think that's going to be a very tough one for them to do, but they need some better play by their stars. Um, and they need Portland to make mistakes. Portland's too good of a team. Portland is great. I saw them in the MLS's back tournament, but if you look at it, uh, Portland is a good team. But really, if you look at the Western Conference, the Seattle Saunders FC have clinched a playoff berth. And then in the Eastern Conference, you got Philadelphia, Toronto, Columbus, and Orlando City in New York City FC clinching playoff berths. Oh, wow. That's a lot of teams that clinched out East. So the MLS Cup playoffs is coming in. But also, who do you want to see in that play-in tournament for the eighth and ninth seed for the uh, – I mean, there is an Eastern Conference play-in matches, so I kind of want to see uh, – New York Red Bulls and Montreal play for that eighth and ninth spot. You know, the playing tournament. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, uh, also, I think, uh, LA Galaxy's done. Let's put it this way. 
Yeah. I think San Jose or Real Salt Lake will make the last spot in the uh, Western Conference. Yeah, that'd be either of those teams could do it, I think. The last game for the LA Galaxy, they lost one to nothing to LAFC. And they obviously, I, I wasn't worth watching just because Sunday's my football day and uh, I didn't want to see the Galaxy losing it. But I'm going to watch tonight's game and pay attention to see what they need to do today to beat Portland. But what, what channel are they on? I'm I'm looking right they I'm looking on the calendar right now, but LASC is playing Houston Dynamo tonight at Bank of California Stadium. Uh huh. And do you yeah. think Houston? Do you think your your LAFC is going to come out on top again? I hope so. I'll be watching the game tonight. I think. Yeah, uh, the game's on ESPN today. Oh, okay, cool. The LA Galaxy taking on the Portland Timbers, but also, what do you think? I mean, I'm eating with LAFC. My question for you is. Do you think LAFC can be a favorite to win the MLS Cup for the first time in their history? Yeah, that's going to be a tough one because there's there's some good teams out there. Too. Like last year, they were heavy favorite or they were big favorites, and they won the Supporters Shield, but they didn't. They got eliminated by Seattle, who went on to win the championship. Uh, they lost in the uh, the conference finals, and uh, so that was a bummer. But uh, they're gonna. So they would need to pull an upset on Seattle or Portland now, it looks like, for them to uh, advance to the uh, championship. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, uh, basically it's going to be tough. I think LA Galaxy's done, but LAFC is ready to return to the playoffs. Yeah. Now let's talk about some hockey. So we got some really interesting uh, news here to talk about is that your boy, Tyler Perdue's, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi uh-huh. is back for a one-year deal with your Detroit Red Wings. So you think he's going to be quite a – you think that's a good move for the Detroit Red Wings to keep him? Yes. Uh, you know, it's – I was reading about this yesterday, and, you know, it's it, – they got him for really cheap, like $3.5 million for one year. That's that's really – that's pretty cheap for Detroit. Um, in fact, some people were saying, like, Hopefully he doesn't get pissed off at at Detroit or but it's not Detroit's fault. It's arbitration, you know. So I don't think there's much of a chance with that. But they got a good price for him for this one year before they um, try to uh, lock him down for like a long term deal, which hopefully they'll do. He has he has a lot of upside to him, and I like Bertuzzi. Um, so yes, I think the Red Wings might be good when they resume the, when the season underway. When we anxious to see what they do, and I'm also anxious to see what the Los Angeles Kings are going to do now. Whenever they start, when they resume, when they get the season underway, I'm hearing New Year's Day start, but I heard that they're canceling the uh, Winter Classic and the All Star Game itself. Yeah, I heard. Uh, I heard the NBA is shooting for Christmas Day and NHL for New Year's Day. That's probably good. So I'm excited to see what these teams I'm excited to see what both of these teams bring. But also, I think the, I think I found an intriguing question. Who do you think is going to have the most points in the NHL next year? Are you going to go with Connor McDavid or are you going to go Sidney Crosby? I'm going to go with Connor McDavid. I'm, I'm going to go Sidney Crosby because I think this, the Penguins, I still think they're a cup contender when it comes to early favorites of who's going to win the 2020-2021 Stanley Cup. But really, Colorado, you can't sleep on them. 
No, yeah, they're they're gonna be a, they're gonna be pretty good this year for sure. And what about the def- the defending Stanley Cup champion, the Tampa Bay Lightning? Are they gonna? Will they pick up where they left off from last year? Yeah, I think so. They're gonna be pretty good. I think. Stamkos is quite the story. Yeah, for sure. But you know that some of their players came to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game and brought the Stanley Cup. Yep. Yeah, that that was that's pretty cool. I mean, Tampa Bay has had a pretty good year so far with sports. Even Dick Vitale, the college basketball analyst, was was kind of ripping on uh, the the Rays for uh, you know. Uh, oh, I didn't hear that. What did he say? He was just saying he didn't like what Kevin Cash did to Blake Snell and all that. But yeah. He's all Tampa Bay fan, but speaking of him, I can't wait to hear him when college basketball starts and, and watch March Madness again so, so you and I can make our March Madness brackets. Yeah, I'll, I'm looking so, forward to that. So Dick Vitale's ready to say it's going to be awesome, baby. All right, yeah. So with that being said, Matt, I'll see you next week, and uh, we got more to talk about next week when it comes to the NBA and all that. And Oh, we'll have to make our mock draft for the NBA draft. Yeah. Let me know what you want to do and just send it my way. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye, Loro.